And what's your goal this year? What do you hope to drive monthly recurring revenue to by December? Well, maybe have at least uh, hundred thousand years for sure per month. Or uh, total no, by the end of the year, so in total. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Igor Folly. He's an experienced AI tech lead in R&D robotics, deep learning, and computer vision. He's got solid knowledge of problem solving and strong leadership skills and ran AI for nanobiotech, a PhD, and, 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 and it was a program dropout in that, in that program. He's now building Arshil.co, that's A-R-T-I-A-L.co, an AI-driven urban safety drone platform. Igor, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's go ahead. Nice to meet you. All right. So who, who's buying this? Are these drone operators like, like Amazon or delivering packages or what? Well, right now we're focusing on delivering the software as a license. Uh, we're building an autonomy engine that brings a new level of drone intelligence, uh, basically by providing the high le- higher level of autonomy that exists right now. And we're mostly focused on licensing it for the drone manufacturers or autopilot programs. And we also have uh, revenue sharing options for the specific applications like um, flying uh, in making inspections of the building, bridges in uh, obstacle dense environments, uh, public safety, basically providing the assistance for the police department or maybe some kind of guardian, urban guardians, uh, security and surveillance, of course, and smart and safe air. And I mean by that, we're providing the options right now for the companies who want to apply drones for the smart cities or urban environments. So just to be clear, when you say you're selling the software into manufacturers, these are not like Department of Defense kind of people. These are not military capabilities. These are more like for inspecting telephone lines or water treatment plants, things like that. Yeah, right now we're mostly focusing on providing the safety technology for drones to fly safe, uh, make less crashes. And to be more accurate in the delivery task. Uh, it's not like super autonomous. But for system. who, Igor? I'm trying to get the use case. Is this for defense, killing people in Ukraine and Russia? I mean, what's it for? No, no, no. It's for the companies who want to make the drones a uh, stability flight. Uh, so they are applying it for different use cases in cities. So it's mostly for the people who want to make a drone a safe, safer, more, more drone safer technology and fly accurately. The people using the drones are doing things like inspecting skyscrapers in New York or telephone lines or gas pipelines in the middle of the country or these sorts of use cases. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so what does your software help them do? Is it literally don't run into other drones or don't run into trees or things like that? Yeah, uh, well, mostly we focus on leveraging the BVLOS uh, technologies like beyond visual line of sight. Uh, basically, it helps the certified pilot who control the drone to automate the majority of the task and to help them fly more secure and more safely within the obstacle dense environment that I mentioned before. And it helps them to be more, um, I would say, more prominent on the task delivery. So it has a native obstacle avoidance and AI-driven navigation. So imagine the situation when a drone is 
really easily to crash in some kind of building obstacle, like, uh, as, as you mentioned, like the uh, branches of the tree or maybe power lines. And we're making the technology so drone could self have a self-awareness to perceive it and make an accurate decision based on its uh, intelligence and make a decision-making system. I see. Okay. And so what are companies paying on average per month or per year to use this technology? Uh, right now, it depends. Like um, the certified pilot costs like 300 euros or 300 dollars. It depends on the use cases. And drone, it may cost like 3,000 or maybe 5,000 for the commercial use, like DJI drones, and up to 20, maybe 50K for the specific inspection or the specific task delivery, like logistics. I guess I don't understand. So you're not actually building the drone. You're selling software that these manufacturers yeah, install yeah. on the drone. So how do you know? Like, how do you know whether to charge twenty thousand for the software install or three hundred for the software install? Well, uh, no. I mean, the drone itself goes this way, but we're providing the software layer above the drone, so they could install it above their own uh, software. So we're leveraging their capabilities of the drone, so extending the feature pack that they have right now. And we are mostly focused on the software delivery task, not the hardware application or hardware automation stuff. So do you charge based off the number of drones they install your software on? Yeah. Oh, well, let's just be clear. We're only four months old. We'll just establish incorporating in, in the December. And we have a prominent drone manufacturer, Yawos, from the United States. Um, and they have a really good like, company building the helicopters for automation. And they're like, okay, guys, we need this software. Let's just combine some kind of skills. So basically, they are our uh, validated customer. And we are now mostly focusing on them. But we have uh, three to five right now potential customers who are willing to pay the prices we provide. Uh, and we are in stage of agreement right now. We're under NDA. And we're more flexible on the prices because we are not already... Uh, Product that could be yeah, so you don't know what the price is going to be. You're doing consulting work to figure it out. You have a first customer that sounds like they're paying you what fifty to hundred thousand dollars, something like that, to figure out the use case for them. Yeah, well, we have potential customers when they say, "Okay, we have this X, for example, prices," and say, "Like, yeah, we're fine with it, but we need some kind of uh, upgrades for the specific task delivery because we are mostly focusing on the three types of software. The first one is just uh, the basic autonomy engine for safety flights and dynamic obstacle avoidance." and some upgrades depending on the weather conditions, like it could be enhanced computer vision technology, maybe night vision, maybe snow, rain, all the stuff. And we are building- Are those the, the two things? There's basic and then there's weather upgrade, any other upgrades? Yeah, that other upgrade will be in practically one year. We're gonna be the, creating the omnidirectional system. It's gonna be a 360 uh, degree of observation of the surroundings. Okay, got it. So basic safety to start, upgrade for weather, snow, rain, and then another upgrade a year from now, you'll have an option for 360 omnidirectional views. Yes, absolutely. Okay, but this first test you're running with this one customer, how many drones are they going to install your software on? Right now, we're focusing on 20 to 25 drones, depending on the need. And we have, as I said before, uh, potential customers, and we're discussing the agreement right now. Uh, most people are focusing on buying like from 40 to 100 drones to install the software and to apply it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Okay, how are you funding the business to date? Are you bootstrapped or have you raised? Uh, originally, we met with my investor and it was just a small talk and he eventually like, okay, if you do the product, I will invest in you. And I built the proof of concept. Uh, the video is on our website. You can see it. And he's like, okay, I like it. Let's work, let's collaborate. And he invested in us like 500,000 euros. And this is the only our precedent investor right now. He's a leading one. 
but we are uh, flexible with investments coming from the other sides. And right now we had the plug and play accelerator. We have a potential collaboration with them, but they're waiting for the MVP to have some more um, potential contracts with us. And other people want to invest, but we're not accepting like every people because we need to have a strong collaboration. We're looking for the strong partnership was going to be really useful for us, not just some guys with the money. All right, guys, this is almost comical. These guys reached out to sponsor the show, and obviously I use and test every sponsor that comes through. This is crazy. I started asking other founders, hey, have you heard of these guys? And some of the fastest growing SaaS founders use these guys for one specific thing. If you guys are building a SaaS application that relies on your customers integrating with HubSpot or Google Drive or Stripe or Salesforce or MailChimp, having your engineering team spend the time to study all those API docs manually build the integrations and then maintain those integrations over time is a massive engineering time suck. This tool allows you to ship those integrations with a push of a button to your customers. You save engineering time, you avoid all those messy docs. It's just a much simpler process. Now, many of you guys solve this by just sending people to Zapier, but that takes people out of your experience, which you don't want to do. Try Paragon today at nathanmica.com forward slash Paragon. That's nathanlatka.com forward slash P-A-R-A-G-O-N. Understood. So you started coding this last year in 2021. You raised $500,000 pre-seed from this one guy. Uh, this is uh, not one guy. It's just the Autonomous Solutions Fund. They are building, uh, they're investing Understood. in different- But you raised 500000 yeah. total last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And did you do that? Most people these days pre-seed around, you're doing it in like a 5 million cap, something like that? Uh, I don't think I can discuss it, but <laughs> we just incorporated, have uh, split the shares and that's it right now. Uh, well, I mean, it's your company. You can discuss whatever you want. I'm just asking, did you do basically a standard sort of pre-seed investment, which was a note or a cap or an uncapped safe? How did you structure the first deal? Oh, we just split the shares. Like I gave him the specific percentage of the company of, of to the funding. Oh, so it's not in convertible note. You actually have a valuation and you sold them a number of shares yeah. for five. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see. Okay. Well, I guess then the right question is most folks are doing these pre-seed rounds at like a five to $10 million valuation. Were you sort of in that range? Um, no, Sli- slightly less than five million. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then I guess why let this person in? Was he very strategic or what's the story? Well, originally I met him when I was uh, at Tim Litton in my pre- previous company. And it was like, okay, Hello, I'm just traveling to Barcelona. Let's have a talk. And we've been talking a lot. And he told me stories about the startups. And he was sort of mentoring me how to do these things in a proper way. And for me, it was less, okay, it's so cool. And we made a good connection. And I saw him that he has a lot of companies. And the companies are a specific interest in drone and computer vision and AI. And we're like, okay, let's do this way. I will help you out. You'll build the technology. So it was like a mentorship at first with whom I have the warm connection. And right now it's like, okay, he's my investor. We're basically collaborating. Okay, that makes sense. And how many folks are full-time on the team today? Right now it's uh, me, my co-founder, um, a free person work full-time, but uh, they're not officially in the state because we're not, I'm not trying to relocate them here uh, because of the situation in Russia right now. Some people in Georgia, some people in Turkey, but they're working full-time. So it's five of us. And we have my CTO. There's, there's five full-time. Yeah, yeah. And there's my CTO and advisor. He works like from 20 to 30 to 40 hours a week, depending on the needs. 
And so what do you believe you're running this first test or this first company right now on 20 to 25 of their drones? Yeah. When do you think you'll be able to release a SaaS product? And what do you think you'll release in terms of the pricing? Uh, right now, we're having the MVP preparing in the simulation, and we're expecting within one month to buy at least five to six different drones and then have an installation there to provide some kind of real-world test. But mm -hmm. we're aiming for the full beta version of the products who's going to be at least uh, stable enough to fly and, uh, with a real drone by the end of this year in December. And what, I mean, this is a competitive space. There's a lot of folks sort of selling software for drones right now. Some of them are obviously safety focused, right? Drone deploy is a good example here, right? Yeah. So, so what is your, what's your use case? Like what's your wedge here where you're going to be able to steal market share from them? Uh, well, I guess our most advantage, unique value proposition that we're, uh, have been already experienced and my co-founder has a decade of experience in uh, drone technology in the safety AI technology for the navigation. And we're basically providing the algorithms that are suitable enough for the people to use it uh, instead of our uh, collaboration. And right now we're mostly focused on the safety, but we are willing to accept the feature pack and going to be way more useful than the traditional approach, hardware approach. So mm -hmm. basically we're trying to use more AI software stuff than the hardware stuff related to the like GPS navigation or any, any, anything, anything related to hardware centric. So, uh, hardware centric approach. And, and what's your goal this year? What do you hope to drive monthly recurring revenue to by December? By December, we, I'm not right now sure <laughs> that we'll be like, uh, have a positive cash flow because it's not easier to deliver the task immediately. Well, not and cash flow. I asked about revenue. What do you think revenue will be? Well, at least we'll, well, maybe have at least, uh, I know, hundred thousand years for sure. Per month? Or uh, total no, by the end of the year, so on total. Total. And then and then what do you think you have to go revenue to to go raise a competitive sort of seed round? Uh, I think we'll provide the technology, we'll test it, and then we'll just go for another round. And uh, we have already potential collaborations that I mentioned before with the government public structures. And I think we'll just provide the technology for them. And this next seed round is going to be depends on the needs. If we have enough money as a revenue, so maybe we will not raise and maybe we'll extend our features on the another market share like in Europe right now. Maybe we'll go to the United States. But it's for me just a little bit um, in the roadmap, but it's changing every day. So <laughs> Sounds good, Igor. On that note, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite book? Uh, I would say Final Lectures on Physics and Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's cool. Those are two very different books. I like the diversity. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, number, number two, uh, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I wouldn't mention some specific name. I would like to say that I have a perfect vision of myself in the future from the autobiographies I've been reading a lot, like from Henry Ford to, to Elon Musk, of course, and Alexander the Great, like a lot of people. I'm trying to make the best of the version of myself from reading all the autobiographies, uh, all, all the books of them. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building audio? Uh, I guess mirror boards sounds really cool. <laughs> mirror boards? Yeah. Yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? That's also not constant value. Uh, sometimes it's five, sometimes it's seven, sometimes you don't sleep for a few nights <laughs> in a row. <laughs> Fair enough. And what's your situation? Married, single kids? Uh, I would say mentally married. Uh, but that's not, not officially. <laughs> and no kids? No kids. And how old are you? I'm 24. 24. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? 
uh, I think I would suggest to myself, like, be more courageous and be more flexible and adaptive to the world and your ideas and your mind. Don't stick to a specific one goal. Uh, just be flexible. Guys, there you have it. Ardeal.co launched last year, 500,000 pre-seed raised, maybe a little less than a 5 million valuation. Team of five, trying to help folks do things like inspect skyscrapers or inspect power lines or inspect hardware, you know, treatment plants or facilities without the drones running into things, right? So they sell a basic safety package software into these drones, working with their first customer now with the potential deployment across 20 or 25 drones live in operation today as they work to continue to scale. We'll see what happens next. Igor, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you. Thank you. And goodbye.